All right, good morning. Hope everyone's well. Good to be here. Good to have our visitors with us. Make yourselves right at home. Uh, let's see, as far as announcements go, um, really enjoyed the, the update last week from Andrew and Rebecca. I think that was awesome. Um, good to hear the, the updates. And uh, we actually are looking at something coming up, I think it's September 9th time frame-ish. Um, they may actually do a, a thing here with, with crew, and like we would all be invited. So more to come on that. Um, second harvest, Wednesday night, we had eight or nine people, I think it was. And we packed over 250 boxes. I was working really hard that night. <laughs> you guys would have been, pr- been proud of your pastor. Um, so that was awesome. The next one of those will be September 21st, 530 to 7. I don't have a sign-up sheet today, but I'll have one next week. Uh, let's see, Sunday night fellowship this evening. Um, I've not really heard anything going on tonight, so I don't know. Does anybody have any idea what's going on tonight? Tammy, do you have any idea? <laughs> I know Joe's traveling. I, I just don't know if anyone's... Does anyone want to teach tonight? Nobody's jumping up. All right, we'll figure something out. Um, let's see, then September 11th, we'll have our business meeting and church elections. Um, we need, need to be praying for a couple of positions. Uh, Sunday night fellowship superintendent and a Sunday school superintendent. We're more con- like coordinator type roles, um, so that's that's what we're looking for. Um, Brother Mark and Sister Bev have resigned from uh, cleaning the the CLC from jan- being a janitor. Um, already had one nomination for that, so we'll be talking about that. But if anyone's interested in that, let us know. Um, Looking at having a baptism service either at the end of September or beginning of October. Um, I'd actually like to have a quick meeting right after service this morning for anyone that's interested. So come and see me this morning after service and we'll talk through that. I'd like to get a date set for that meets everyone's schedules. Um, and the last thing, this Wednesday afternoon, we're going to have uh, a company come out and clean all of our carpets, the gym, the entryways up here. I don't think this has been cleaned for a long time, so... Um, they, they said it would typically take about 48 hours to completely dry. So we're asking that no one come on site until at least Saturday. Does that sound good? Yes. So hopefully that'll take care of some of those stains over there and get things looking nice. Um, I believe that's all the announcements I have. Anyone else have any announcements? All right, Brother Mike, we'll have, a, have you all stand. We'll have a virtual song to start the service.
so good to be here. Like Sarah said, God deserves our best. It's so good to, to know that He's in control of everything in this crazy world that we live in and that uh, one day He's going to come back and take us home. Um, anyone with a special song this morning? It's easy. Come on up. I was worried you were going to ask that. <laughs> I was hoping you forget today. That just means I don't have to sing Just uh, be ready to catch me if I fall. I got you. I've been putting this off for a long time. It's a song that I wrote. Um, It's very hard. So please just pray for me. But uh, I love you all. And uh, not sure what's going to come out, but we'll we'll try to get through it. As I stand here this morning. Looking out at all of you, I know we all have trials and valleys we're walking through. Oh, but Jesus is the answer, no matter what the prayer. For he is rich in mercy and your burdens he'll bear. Who here needs Jesus to save and rescue you from sin or desperation or from pain you're going through? He is more than able to answer your prayer. Kneel down, call out to Jesus. For he will be right there. Who here feels unworthy when working for the Lord? When Satan starts to whisper, you know you're just no good. Don't get discouraged even though oh Satan tries. For if I am has called you, well, I am never lies. Who here needs Jesus to save and rescue you from sin or desperation or from pain you're going through? He is more than able to answer your prayer. Kneel down, call out to Jesus. He will be right there. Who here is seeking Jesus to save your soul from sin, to give you hope and life eternal, peace and joy? Such love within. He will change your life forever when save me you cry. So please don't reject him, for today he's passing by. Who here needs Jesus to save and rescue you from sin? desperation or from pain you're 
going through. He is more than able to answer your prayer. Kneel down, call out to Jesus, and he will be right there. Yes, kneel down, call out for Jesus, for he will be right there. That was awesome, dude. Appreciate that. Dude's got writing skills. That was awesome. That was a blessing in itself right there. All right. Anyone else? We can just sing today. All right. If you've got your Bibles, turn over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Familiar scripture. And it goes right with Deanna's song. It all starts with Jesus. It's the, the title this morning. You know, it's funny. I'm not good with titles. So I'm like, Daniel, this is kind of what things are going to be about. He came up with the title. So give it all to him. He's like, what's the title? Today? I don't know. Not good with titles. So this morning and, and probably the next little bit, God willing, we're going to, to go through the book of Acts. Does anyone else love the book of Acts? I know Brother David did an awesome job not long ago teaching on the, the early church and the book of Acts. And we want to get in and examine several of the sermons throughout and look at that early church and how they, they pointed those truths to Christ. That's really what we want to get into. And how that, there's a, just that consistent message of sin Grace and redemption. And that's really what it's all about. That proclamation, if you will. Um, so the definition of a proclamation is a public or official announcement, especially one dealing with a matter of great importance. It all starts with Jesus. The most important thing ever. And a little, little background here on, on Luke. So Luke actually wrote the book of Acts along with the gospel of Luke. And if I'm not mistaken, David, correct me if I'm wrong, those two books are probably the longest in the New Testament. Is that accurate? And Paul wrote how many books in the New Testament? Thirteen? Is that right? And these two were still longer than those two. And I also believe that Luke was the only Gentile to have a book in the New Testament. So you guys are getting all kinds of facts this morning. But Luke was, we don't really know a whole lot about Luke. We know he was educated. We know he was a physician. And we know he put a lot of detail into these two books. It's almost like book one and book two, if you will, of Luke. And the book of Luke contains the most thorough account of the the redemption story, the plan of salvation through the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. And as David taught us, both books were written to a man named Theopolis. And from what I can gather, he was a friend of Luke's, and he was some type of Gentile leader, if you will. David, did you ever find anything out on that? Any additional? That's that's all I can find. He's just some kind of bigwig, I guess is the the corporate word to use. Um, But both both of Luke's books were written to Theopolis. 
And that name in the Greek meant loved of God. <clears throat> but you see, Luke's story, Luke's gospel story is, is Jesus coming. Coming to, Beth, to, to Jerusalem to be sacrificed. The book of Acts is the story of the church going. But it all points to Christ. That's, that's the best part about it. It all points to Christ. And we're still on that road today. This is the church. We're still on that road. It's awesome. And, and a lot of times this book is referenced as the Acts of the Apostles. Right? But it's actually the act of the Holy Spirit through those apostles. Is really what it's about. And how they went on after Christ ascended through His Holy Spirit. So let's read a few verses here. We'll get into kind of that, that church purpose, if you will, to drive that. We, we are the vehicle that takes His good news out. Right? We are, the, we are that vehicle. So let's go ahead and read. We'll start probably about the 22nd verse. I'm in ESV today. <clears throat> we'll probably be all over Acts chapter 2, but we'll, we'll start here. Uh, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the path of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried. And his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Then Jesus God raised up, and all of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He was poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not descend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And we'll stop right there. We may go a little further. We'll see. We'll follow the Lord this morning. So this is the first sermon Peter's first sermon, the early church. This is how the early church was established. This is Pentecost, as we all know it. Sorry, my ears are popping. It was called the Feast of Weeks. I believe it was 50 days after Christ was crucified. Um, so a lot of these same people were in this region because they had to come back for this feast. I believe it's Leviticus 23 that goes into all those details of the feast. 
But before Jesus ascended, what did he tell his disciples to do? Go wait. Go wait for what? If you guys don't know this is interactive, I'm interactive. Deal with it. The Holy Spirit, right? Go wait. The Holy Spirit's coming. I promised you that. So they're in this upper room waiting. What else were they doing? Praying. Well, when we get a church of people praying together, there's nothing we can't accomplish through through Jesus. Keep that in mind. At this time, Judas had been replaced with who? Patty, we'll see if they watch the 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 12 dudes on, on the wall back there. Who did they replace Judas with? Come on. There we go, Matthias. So, well, let me just read the first four verses. That'll get us started here. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling... There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this time, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are these not all who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of it in our own language? I'm not going to read all those words. But it says, What does this mean? What should we do? They were confused. Because you had all these Jews from all different regions, and they were hearing the disciples in their language. It was confusing. And they're like, how's this possible? Aren't those guys just those weird Galilean fishermen? And they're talking about all this that God had done for them. They said, what do we do? What does this mean? And Peter stands up. It says, you see what, what's going on here was prophesied by Joel. And he goes through and quotes Joel, I think it's 228 through 32 or something like that. The gospel of Jesus is coming to everyone. That Holy Spirit is coming to everyone. How can this be? Some of them said, ah, don't worry about it. These guys are just drunk. Who's heard that before? Oh, they're crazy. Don't listen to them Christians. They're nuts. That's fine. Peter says, nope, sorry, it's too early. We're not drunk. We're just filled with the Holy Spirit. That's awesome, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. But they were perplexed and amazed. How could uneducated people speak like this? And Peter stands up. And says, listen up, folks. Pay attention. Jesus is who He said He was. He's who He said He was. He lifted up His voice. How can this be? And he says it again, starting at that 20 verse, 22nd verse where we started. Listen up. And this is where he starts giving that proclamation of Christ. 
And there's three different things that we want to look at this morning. The first, where it talks about there the power of Christ, His miracles, and all that that He's done, the mighty works and wonders and signs. That is evidence that Jesus was God's Son. And you know what He's telling them? You guys all seen that. You guys all witnessed that. Right? I don't have to prove that. You guys saw it. That's what He's telling them there. Right? You guys saw it all. You witnessed it all. You all experienced the power of God. You can't question it. And I don't have to prove it because you saw it. Now, have any of us ever seen Jesus? Anybody here ever seen Jesus? Nope. But, what can we do in our lives to show Jesus? We can tell people what happened to us. We can tell people how that Holy Spirit came and changed us. We can tell people how one day we were on our way to a sinner's hell and Christ spoke to our hearts and we accepted and now we're on our way to eternity. And He's he's fixing us from the inside out. Me personally, I was a nine-year-old boy when I got saved. I was on my way to hell if I didn't accept that call of Christ. And He loved me enough to come and die on that cross that I might have life everlasting. And all of you too, and everyone out in the world. I think on Sunday mornings we get this notion that the gospel is only for us. We're wrong. The gospel is for everyone. Christ came and died for everyone. And we, the church, are the ones who are supposed to take that out the doors to everyone. My brother Andrew and sister Rebecca are. We are the church. Not this building. We are the church. We are to take it out. The other thing I was thinking as I was studying through this. Do you ever hear people say, well, we just don't see miracles anymore. You ever heard that? We don't see all the Bible stuff. I don't believe it. We don't see the miracles. and They don't believe it. It's an old story, old fable. I've seen so many examples of miracles. Go ask that person that Christ healed from that cancer. Mm-hmm. Is that a miracle? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That sickness was taken. I've heard it so many times. There was this big whatever it was of cancer. And the doctors couldn't explain it. It was just gone. Brothers and sisters, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. I've always been, birth is just a crazy miracle that I can't even explain. That's a miracle that happens every day. The other miracle, salvation. That's still happening. At this time, there was 3,000 people that got saved. People are still getting saved. And that is a miracle. It is a miracle that Bob Mills is standing up here preaching this morning. Because I'm not good enough. I'm not near good enough or worthy enough. But I can tell you for a fact that Christ taught me to stand up to preach this gospel. Sorry, Denise, I told you I was a crier. <laughs> it's okay, Bob. 
Then I can't see anything. But there are miracles every day. There are miracles. Me and Amanda's been married for 27 years. That in itself is a miracle. Because if you knew me, she would have kicked me to the curb 30 years ago. There's so many miracles. And God's behind them all. People are on their own. There's no miracles. Yes, there are. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are. When I was called to preach, and I was fighting it, I fought it for a long time. My brother John said the same stuff. And I don't know. This might not have nothing to do with it. But a man and all the kids were in a bad car wreck. You should have seen it. It looked awful. You know what I said on the way over to that accident? All right, God, I'm yours. Because I know you're in complete control of everything. And He is. As dark as this world gets, God is still in control of everything. Amen. Everything. And we just get in the way sometimes. But you always hear those, ah, who needs that old Bible? Who needs that old crutch of Jesus? I sure do. I sure do, because I can't do it on my own. There's no way I could stand up here on my own. But you see, here's the thing Jesus is real, Jesus was born into this world. Jesus lived. He was a carpenter. Jesus was crucified. He was put in a grave, which we'll get to in a minute. On that third morning, He rose again. And that is something to celebrate about every single day of our lives. Because we've said it so many times, without that resurrection, we're wasting our time. Absolutely wasting our time. And that's where Peter goes here next. He steps on some toes. If I could see, I'd tell you. Let's see, 23 and 24. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Peter's telling him, look, even though you guys saw all the miracles and everything that Jesus did, you still crucified him. You still crucified him. Even though that was God's ultimate plan of salvation, he used those evil people to fulfill his plan. But it was still their choice to do it. So that sin's still on them. He used Judas to betray him. Those 30 pieces of silver. The Jewish leaders wanted him dead. They released Barabbas, if you remember, instead of him. Then the Romans crucified him. The Romans. Gentiles. I think it said they're lawless men. And again, it was a fact here. Peter's not telling them something they didn't know. They saw it. Right? They were there and witnessed it all. He's not telling them anything they, they don't know. 
But they didn't know that God's plans were way different than their plans. That's what they didn't know. I always love the story of Joseph where he says, you guys meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. It's kind of the same thing here. God's plan of salvation. They didn't understand it. They didn't understand that was His plan all along. But what did Jesus say on the cross right before He died? It is finished. That plan of salvation was finished. Once and for all. And those evil people played a part in it. And you know the thing is? We're still accountable for that death today. You know, does anybody, anybody watch The Passion of Christ when it came out? I'm sure everybody probably seen it. There were so many things in the news that they were worried about. You know, people getting mad at this group and that group and all that and blaming them. And I'm like, every single one of us are responsible for Jesus' death. People don't want to hear that. Every single one of us are responsible for Jesus' death. The sin that's in every one of us is why He had to come and die. Mm -hmm. To reconcile that between us and God. But sin separated Christ paid it all. Do you think when Jesus was on the cross, they thought he was weak? Or when he didn't fight back, he just kind of gave up? Do you think they thought that? He's not even going to speak for himself. Like the song says, he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. But he didn't. What's the rest of the song? He died alone for you and for me. He died alone for you and for me. Again, we have a part in his death. But he loved us so much. He loved us so much that He came and willingly died in our place. And He was buried. He was buried. But praise God, that's not the end of the story. Like I said on that third morning, morning, He came out of that tomb victorious over death and over And He's still victorious today sitting at the right hand of the Father. All I was thinking as I was studying this, and you guys know I love this, but God. You killed him, but God. Amen. But God. said, but God raised him up. Then he uses David's quotes from Psalms. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. And Peter's saying, you guys think David's talking about himself? No. I can take you to David's grave and show you where it's at. You know what they can't do? They can't show you where Jesus' grave is because he's not there. He's not there. He's not there. But David's still dead. He's who he said he was. 
I think that's what Peter's really trying to tell them here. You saw his miracles. You saw his power. You saw him die. We saw him resurrected. Mm-hmm. Can't you imagine when he says that? We saw him as a resurrected. The other people that was with Peter was like, yep. Every single one of us saw Jesus alive. I think, was it five, over 500 witnesses that saw Jesus? Is that, I think I'm right. I can't remember anything. Verse 36 there. This is where it really gets serious. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. That's important. That's important. He's saying this guy, he was the Messiah that the Old Old Testament was talking about. And that same guy is God. He's in control of everything. And that changes our whole world. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It changes everything. To know that God is in control of everything. And that is the good news of the gospel. That is the good news of the gospel. And the good news of the gospel does what? It makes people take action. It makes people take action. You know, they were asking earlier, what does it mean? What shall we do? They say it again there in the end. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? That's sin. They, they, the Holy Spirit revealed that to them. That they were part of the death of Christ for the, the reason he died. And it says it cut to their heart. And that's what it takes for someone to be saved. That's what it takes for someone to accept salvation. What does Peter say there? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptized of the Holy Spirit. Not in water. Uh, be saved. That's what he's talking about. Repent and turn away from that sin and be saved. So you have to acknowledge that you are a sinner. You know, a lot of people think, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't, I don't say bad words. I, don't, I helped the old lady cross the street. Because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, every single one of us are born into, this, into sin. And that sin separates us from a loving God. Peter's saying here, repent from that. Admit you were wrong. Admit you had a part in that. Jesus died. Repent and turn around and accept Him. And believe. Oh, you just got to believe to be born again. And like it said there, after that, 3,000 people were saved. 3,000 souls were saved. And that is the start of the early church. And it kept going on and on. And they kept trying to stop it and stop it. And it kept going on and on and on. And we are still here today preaching about a man named Jesus. No matter what they do, they're not going to stop it. No matter what the government does, they're not going to stop it. No matter what the leaders do, they're not going to stop it. No matter how many bad things Christians do, they're not going to stop it. 
Plus the power of God. It'll last forever. It'll last forever. They can't stop it. They've tried. They've tried. You know what's going to stop it? There's a day coming where Christ is going to stand up. And He's coming back to take His church home. That's when it's going to stop. And we're going to be there forever with Him. Forever. And it's going to be so worth it. And you know what's the best part about it? I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it at all. But when I was a nine-year-old boy, He died for my sins. And He could die for your sins today. Sorry, I said that all wrong. That's okay. You know what I'm talking about. Like I said, when the gospel's presented, it calls to action. If you're, not, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, don't walk out those, out those doors without knowing that Christ is your Lord and Savior. Don't walk out those doors. Because it has eternal implications. Your attorney's at stake. question is, are you ready? Are you ready? could happen any time. Jesus could come back today. But like I've said so many times, every one of us sitting here, we have a day coming for our natural death. And to, to know that that's coming, to know that you don't have a relationship with Jesus is a very scary thing. A very scary thing. So as we come to a close this morning, I'm going to ask Brother Mike to get a verse of a song. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, this altar is open. You don't have to come out here. We'll come and pray with you after the service if you want. Take that step of faith this morning. Repent and be baptized of the Holy Spirit. As we all stand and have one verse of a song, will you accept Jesus this morning?